Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feezy. Well, good morning, and thank you again for being here on this beautiful sunny day. Um, and I also want to just take a, a brief minute to say thank you to Heather and Nicholas for the uh, past 18 months of amazing series that we've experienced here in the chapel. You know, I, I look back and we uh, spent 10 weeks on the ox herding pictures. Um, which was a journey about a boy on his way to enlightenment. And um, then uh, several weeks about the cosmic Christ. Um, we've had James Finley here talking about the dark night of the soul. And all of those things are journeys. And then we went into 10 weeks talking about our own personal journeys and, uh, and how they impact our lives and, and those around us. So I just want to say thank you because um, you know, I think that that's why we're all here. You know, we all have journeys and experiences that bring us to these places of larger understanding. And um, we're so fortunate to have this kind of thought uh, leaders to guide us through this process. So thank you. Um, the title of my talk today is Lessons from the Ta Trail. But in putting this together, I've kind of modified it a little bit. I think they're mostly observations because I think lessons implies that it's advice or a teaching or something that is hard, fast, and true. And I'll say that some of it is, it might be true, but mostly they're observations. And they're things that I've experienced and they're insights, and they, but they welcome new information um, because we're always receiving more information. So, so these are observations. Um, and to start, there are all types of journeys. There are physical journeys that include walking, biking, skiing, riding, driving. Uh, there are relationships. Certainly those can be journeys. Um, health situations, death situations, events like weddings and spiritual events that require preparations, mental journeys, and all kinds of processes to name a few. So today, I'm going to talk about five observations that might um, help highlight some of what happens to all of us on our path. The, the first observation is about setting and committing to an intention. And why do we do this? It's because it helps bring us into focus. And it starts with awareness. Because you need to be aware that a change is going to happen in order to set an intention that you want to make some sort of a change. And it's important to have those because it, it sets you, it, it's kind of a first step. So you've got awareness and then an intention to make some sort of change. For me, um, the when I went on the Camino, I, I, we, uh, we went to Spain and then we also uh, went to Portugal. And the intention that I set for both of those journeys were to see the face of God in everyone I saw along the trail. And it just kind of came to me one day before I left. And it, I had been worried because we were going in the middle of summer, which is when it's really crowded. And I got really like, well, what if people are in my way? And I thought, well, that's not what you're going there for. So what are we doing here? And so somehow I was at a service here, and the, the discussion was about seeing the face of God in everyone you meet. And I thought, that makes sense. 
So I did that, and it was very interesting to see, as I met people, to see their journeys and to see them in their journeys and to relate it to what I was trying to do was really a, a very enlightening experience, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, it was also something that, that carried on when I got back because as my dad was in hospice, um, that was just a really important tool for me to be able to move through that process. But there are other types of intentions you can set. You can decide you want to see the world through the eyes of a child, or to see the world through the eyes of wonder. Those are all very powerful also. You can decide you want to be of service to others. That's an, an amazing intention, and we talk about that often here. The next step from that is, as Deepak Chopra says, is to keep your attention on your intention because that's the driving force that helps you achieve what you decide you want to set out to do. So keeping your attention on your intention is the gas in the engine to make that happen. Since all of that, I've tried to expand my intention a little bit and I think that what I'm trying to do is evolve um, more creatively and spiritually. And that's kind of broad, but I'm trying to live into what that means at this point. And then one last note about intention is to be prepared for it to change. Um, like the boy in the ox herding pictures, early on in that process, he catches the ox. And then what? He has to recalibrate and figure out what he does next. And I think that's really important because we can get stuck in saying, I set this goal and I'm going to do it by hook or by crook. Well, things change. And if we're, if we're not open to that, it's really hard to uh, take those next steps. So then the next uh, observation is that what you resist persists. And we've all heard that before. Um, but when uh, our Buddhist teacher and uh, friend Christian Dilla was here a couple of weeks ago, Nicholas shared this too, um, he's got a simple formula. Suffering equals pain times resistance. And in my opinion, that could not be more true. But how do you deal with it is the question. The suffering, the pain, and the resistance, they're all part of that formula. And, and how do you... How do you break through that somehow? And I do have one story about that. So on pilgrimage, the key to stay dry, especially your, it, the key is to stay dry, especially your feet, because you're walking for miles and miles and miles for days. And if you get wet, it can be a key contributor to blisters. And blisters are what usually will take somebody down or put them in a cab. And um, so, you know, it's kind of the, the popular phrase, keep your feet dry. And there are tools for that, like Gore-Tex shoes, wicking socks, waterproof clothing. All that is great. I had all of it. And it rained for the first two days in Portugal. And the Gore-Tex shoes leaked. And it's like, okay, so I got blisters. And it was interesting. But it's, it's an important lesson because it's like, okay, so you, you've got resistance because your feet hurt. 
and what are you going to do about it? And uh, so the how is, you know, one thing that I figured out was that breath work, or one thing I remembered because I knew it from, from other experiences, but breath work is one good way. Focusing on your breath helps you transcend a situation. And um, the second thing is about acceptance. It's really easy to get mad and get really upset. And damn, I can't believe I got a blister. This is crazy. I hate it. And it sends you on a totally different path. So the third part of it is forgiveness. And that's what really comes into play here. And forgiveness is the willingness to let go of the notion that things could be any different. You can't change the weather. You just can't. And to try and decide that you're going to make it different is a little bit of insanity, but it's denial. And so, so it's breath work, it's acceptance, and it's forgiveness. And with, the, with those three things, hopefully you can work your way to try and let go of that resistance. And that's one third of that formula, of Christian's formula, but that's what it takes to break that formula and hopefully move past it. So in the case of my blisters, the first 30 minutes of every day were painful. It, but I tried to go deeper into my breath to start the day every day. And within about 30 minutes, I would kind of move past that because I had good dressing and all of that kind of stuff. And yes, they weren't fun, but I did move through it. And because my determination to get to the next stop was more important than focusing on discomfort. So acceptance and forgiveness. When you go through this process, it doesn't mean that the pain goes away but the suffering somehow stops, and the pain becomes a little more tolerable. And I think that's true, I think that's an important life lesson too. The third thing is what's on your playlist. And um, I've had great lessons, and my sangha uh, has studied quite a bit with uh, Michael Singer, who's the author of The Untethered Soul, and he's got five or six books, maybe more, about the untethered soul. And in his first book, he talks a lot about your inner roommate. And your inner roommate is the judgment czar. And it lives there. It was, it's been there forever. Whether you know it or not, you've got an inner roommate. And it's an important lesson because we judge ourselves. We judge other people. We judge situations. And at least half the time, we don't even know we're doing it. We're, we just live to judge, right? And the observation here is that it, it, when you start making judgments about things, you stop yourself in your tracks. You know, you, it, you become your own worst enemy. The other thing that Michael Singer talks about is that we, we have stuff buried. We have experiences buried within us uh, that he calls samskaras. And they can be good things or bad things. They, you have a good experience with seeing a butterfly land on a beautiful flower and it makes you happy and you, you want to see more of that. And so that's a beautiful experience. Or you could be hiking on a trail and you see a snake and it scares the daylights out of you. And that's a negative experience and a fear and you want to run away from that. But So you stuff that in because you don't like it. So you stuff in these experiences that are good or bad 
and they, um, you end up wanting to either bring in more of the good stuff or get rid of the bad stuff. And we do all kinds of things to try and bury those in. And so you can have, if you start out on a trail, oh, I'm afraid that I'm going to get tired. I'm afraid that I'm going to be hungry. I'm afraid that this is going to happen. Because you've had experiences of those somewhere that you buried. And they're just sitting in there. And we tend to try and um, distract from them through things that we can put on our devices. And they're distractions. And I call them a playlist. And so for me, when I started on the Camino, I had my device. And I had audiobooks and meditations and podcasts and Motown music and all those things. And they got me through quite a lot. Um, and, and what they do is they allow you to avoid those things that you buried. And that's all good because you're out there for a long time. So you need a few distractions. But then you got to turn it off. And it's important that you turn it off because if, you, if you've got all these distractions going on in your head all the time, then it doesn't allow those samskaras and those things, the, the inner roommate stuff, to come up. Because you want, that's part of this whole process of journey is to recognize and allow these things to come up so that you can, you can identify them um, let go of them, and hopefully have them go away. And I did, I, I did experience that as, I can't remember how many days in, but I was walking one day and just going up and down hills, and all of a sudden something came out, and it was like tears were running down my eyes, or down my face, and, I, and something had come up that I finally realized that I had buried years ago. And it was frustration about a situation that was out of my control, but it was there, and I didn't even know it. And it came out, and through that process, I just thought about it over the course of like three or four miles. I just kept thinking about it, and well, is it good, is it bad? Should I let go of it? Should I hang on to it? Can I do anything about it? Will it do any good if I hang on to it? And I finally did release it. So it's, it's an interesting thing. But it's really hard to do that if your device is on. And I have a device with, a, that, with a, a switch that sticks, especially right now with so much happening in the world. And I'm finding, like, I've got to get a better switch on that device because it's so good to turn it off. And it's, it is helpful to turn it off. Uh, the fourth thing is to think about the divine alchemy. And I used to refer to this observation as the shift from the head to the heart. And in the book, The Alchemist, the author reveals that the transformation is the process of turning lead to gems. And my observation is that there's more than going from the head to the heart. It's going from the thought to the felt sense, from resistance and pain to just being and being present. And this is an evolutionary process because once you've made one shift, you put that behind you and you move on. And then each change makes the last one seem like a dull memory. But you keep moving on and you keep running into things. 
And the next situation arises, it's good or it's bad or it's neither or both. And you deal with it and you move on. And uh, I quoted this a couple weeks ago during one of our uh, discussions, but Andrew McCarthy from the New York Times said, the Camino changed that. The month-long walk revealed to me myself in a way that nothing else had. My looping pattern of thinking, my habitual emotional cycles, my fearful nature, the Camino wore down my resistance to seeing myself, and then step after step built me back up. It altered my place in the world. And I, I can't say it better than that. I, I just think that that's a brilliant observation. And then fifth is that the decision to take action is where it begins. In, the, in Exodus, in the Bible, Moses goes up to receive the Ten Commandments from God, and God tells him to take off his shoes because he's standing on holy ground. Now, I don't think God has housekeeping issues or that this is about that. But metaphorically, I think that the message here is that if we want to participate on this path of transformation, we need to first connect with our holy nature, our inner being as its foundation. And that's the earth. 13.8 billion years ago, the seeds of human existence were sown. And here we are, finally. If we want to participate fully in that self-directed evolutionary process, that divine alchemy, we need to take off our proverbial shoes, get grounded and connected to the earth, to our God, to ourselves, and to each other. All of these journeys are both a calling and a challenge to become more of who we are now and who we always were. They're ultimately our connection to our higher self. So in this process, we walk the path alone as we define it, noticing markers along the way that are meaningful only to, to us, only to, to what makes sense to us. We also learn that everyone else is on a journey seeing those things for themselves as well. And that's the best way to coexist. So evolution is growth and progress. And it begins with our intention and it starts every day with a first step. And then the journey becomes our practice. Namaste and buen camino. <laughs>